Welcome to another edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast on the World of Football Index. I'm Austin Miller, joined as always by Tom Robinson. Today we will be breaking down Nahuel Bustos, a 21-year-old attacking player for Argentine side Tacheres. Tom, you've got to say my Argentine pronunciation has definitely improved now that I'm actually on the ground here, right? Oh yeah, it's uh, it's come on leaps and bounds. I'm I'm very impressed um, with uh, with your pronunciation, although it, it did sound a little bit porteño there, a bit from Buenos Aires, you know, um, in over in Cordoba where where Nahuel Bustos is from. It's uh, the 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 sh is a bit softer. It's more of a je sound. So there's there's still still some way for you to go, my my young apprentice. I'm happy with my porteño accent because that's where I actually live. So we'll be good with that. <laughs> Uh, as I said, Bustos, a 21-year-old attacking player. Tom recently linked with Roma and Sevilla. Nine goals in the 2019-2020 season for Tajeres. That kind of got him on the radar. He was a bit of a breakout player in the Argentine Super League. Also has a random six-month stint at Pachuca that we can discuss in a little bit. But Tom, let's start off by kind of breaking him down as a player. What what do you do you like about his game, and what stands out when you watch the tape? Yeah, he's he's someone who's when you're sort of looking at a centre forward, he's one of your typical pacey clinical strikers. Someone who's who's very good at sort of getting running in behind, sort of when he's hanging on the last shoulder of the defender. Also very good with the ball at his feet as well. You know, he can receive the ball in deeper positions and, and drive past defenders too. And and I think, yeah, the the one thing as well as his pace that stands out is, is that finishing ability um, and the and the mixture in it as well because he he can sort of bang them in from range but also he's he's very very cool in front of goal he keeps his head up and, and never seems to panic or, or snatch at shots. He can dink in lovely little chipped goals and um and and he's yeah someone who i think works very well in a number of systems up front you know you could he is someone who can cut in from wider positions um although he's not i wouldn't say he's a great crosser of the ball or someone who's really going to try and get to the byline um but certainly he's someone who could work as a as a speedy option in a front three or you could play him as as your sort of main centre forward up front especially if you're a counter-attacking side um or as, as a partner to to maybe more of a target man so he's yeah he's a lively mobile striker and uh even quite versatile he ended up uh playing in goal once and, and kept a a clean sheet against uh san lorenzo for the last uh last few minutes so uh you know if, if you want want someone who can contribute at both ends then then bustos is your man Tom, one of the things you mentioned there that stood out to me as well was the versatility. And it seems like every goal that you watch of his is scored in a different manner. Uh, there's kind of the, the straight line run and shoot goals. There's, there's goals scored from distance. There's more individual goals where he's beating a defender or two, where he's beating a goalkeeper or two. He had a particularly impressive goal in a in an away win for Tajeres against River at El Monumental that I think certainly stands out on the highlight tape. So he's a very versatile player who can do a lot of different things and in a lot of different ways. And he seems to kind of have uh, that, that sixth sense for goal, if you will. He knows how to kind of be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's someone who throughout his youth career has, has been 
impressing and, and scoring lots of goals you know the player he actually reminds me of quite a lot and again it, it might not seem as, as much of a compliment as uh, as it might sound but he, he reminds me a bit of Craig Bellamy in terms of that that running style that very kind of pacey direct and and sort of cool finishing uh, I think there's there's something about Bellamy uh, about him there so certainly fans who've watched plenty of the Premier League will will hopefully get that reference um but yeah he's someone who has initially when he started out um he he well, he actually moved to Argentino Peñarol which is a, a side there in uh, in Cordoba sort of in the regionalized fifth division and actually made his debut as a 14 year old even scored a goal um and then moved obviously to Tejeres one of the biggest clubs in Cordoba and uh, and kind of made a, made a brief debut all the way back in 2016 so he's, he's been on the radar um for some time as, as someone who who's got a big future um ahead of him um but it was it was really i think the the uh, the moment where i first took a lot of notice was uh, of him was at the uh, 2018 under 20 libertadores um where he scored four goals in three games for tajeres they i mean they were edged out by a very good sao paulo team um including jonas toro jonas Thoreau, yeah that was the jonas yeah. toro sao paulo year at the under 20 exactly yeah and and in fact it was i was more because i was watching toro um that i then kind of was like oh there's this argentinian kid who's who's doing quite well um so yeah that's that's got kind of where i first got to appreciate what he was doing for the for the youth team and then after that he got into uh, the tejeres team under voivoda um they had a really good uh, season there, sort of twenty eight, end of twenty eighteen, um, and he scored five and eleven. And I kind of thought, okay, right, well, here we are. This this kid's the next big thing, and and he, he's going to really go on to become a um, an important striker in, in the in the Superliga. But um, then he got that loan to Pachuca, which I'm I'm sure we'll we'll get onto, um, which kind of seemed a bit random because he seemed one of the most exciting things about Tajeres, um, and he's since come back and picked up where he left off, scoring nine goals in 20 games, as you said, called up to the Argentina under-23s for the pre-Olympicos and, and is now being linked to all these big clubs. So it, he is he is definitely a breakthrough talent from the last season and, I, for my money, probably the best young striker um, in the Superliga right now, probably alongside um, Adolfo Gaic. But he is someone who I kind of almost expected to break through a little bit earlier apart from that kind of random loan to Mexico that kind of halted his progress a little bit. Tom, I want to get on to that Pachuca move in a moment, but quickly, um, I had two options when you brought up the name Craig Bellamy. Um, I could first <laughs> pretend like I had any idea who that was or how they played and just kind of rub it off as though, oh yeah, great comparison. Or I could make <laughs> a point of the fact that I have literally absolutely no idea who Craig Bellamy is. Is he a current player? I think he's a current player, maybe? No? Great. Recently retired, but you know he played uh, Liverpool, Newcastle, even in the fine city of Norwich as well. Um, someone who, yeah, maybe was never a, a big superstar, but was played at pretty high level for for most of his his Premier League career. So, if um, I, I think one thing that probably separates the two is Bustos seems like a less of a controversial and less of a mouthy figure, but in terms of the kind of running style and um, the way they can just kind of slip the ball into the back of the net and uh, and sort of play numerous upfront positions then I'm, I'm sticking with my with my Bellamy comparison I'm just gonna have to take your word for it so we'll, we'll just go with that um, this time that he had with Pachuca Tom you mentioned it it came at a kind of time when he'd 
He broke it in for Tejeres. It looks as though he, he was going to be a figure in the squad. And then he goes off to Mexico for six months on loan, and he plays four times off the bench and doesn't do anything else. And it feels like it could have stunted his development, and maybe it did stunt his development, but he came back to Tejeres and kind of picked up exactly where he left off, like you said. So what happened with that move? Do you know why it happened? Is there any sort of motivation, or is it just going to be that oddity that sticks out on his career profile page for the next 15 years? Yeah, I think if you don't know the kind of background, it's it seems a really random move, um, especially given that he didn't really play much. But the, the key thing to note is that um, Alejandro Fassi, who was the president of Tajeros at the time, was also vice president of Pachuca. And uh, the Pachuca group, which I think included at the time, um, you know, millionaires like Carlos Slim and, and people like that, they sort of formed up a partnership with Tajeres. And this, I mean, this was a point when Tajeres were, I think even in the third division, you know, they, they suffered kind of a Leeds-esque um, time away from the top flight. They went all the way down to third division, then moted up the divisions and, and now have been back in the top flight for a few years now. Um, but there, there was this kind of link between the two clubs, which I don't believe is, is there anymore. Um, but uh, that was the kind of main motivation, I think, that they, they thought, OK, well, we've, we've got this link. Pachuca can get the, get the best out of a youngster for a little bit and, and see where that goes. But um, I think um, in the end, it, well, for whatever reason, it didn't work. Their, their link came to an end. And, um, and yeah, Bustos, fortunately, hasn't, hasn't sort of let it affect him. One thing that does sort of, maybe not a concern of mine, but the fact that when he was quite young, um, before he went to Tejeres, he was kind of sold to a sort of a business group who moved into Tejeres. And obviously these kind of sort of not necessarily murky <laughs> links between Tejeres and Pachuca, but the, the fact that he kind of was shipped across there just when it seemed like he was breaking out means that there's, there's a small part of me that hopes that he's he's not kind of got some advisors in his ear or some um, some businessmen who still own part of his rights who are thinking right the next move where we can ship him off to europe we're going to primarily focus on on money for ourselves rather than what we can get i mean this is this is slightly speculative but even though he's been linked with these these clubs in europe as, as we'll move on to there's that kind of slight niggling thing at the back of my head saying i, I wonder if he would end up going to a bit of a, a random left field choice where maybe his, his development is not the, at his best interest. But um, hopefully that won't happen. Deportivo Maldonado, future superstar, Nahuel Bustos. Is that what you're <laughs> Don't saying? Don't rule it out. Don't rule it out. <laughs> Speaking of Deportivo Maldonado, I always got a kick out of European journalists who didn't quite recognize what Deportivo Maldonado meant or was and mentioned that, oh yeah, Jonathan Cajeri has joined from former club Deportivo Maldonado. Eh, not really. I mean, like, technically, but not really. <laughs> yeah, no, always a, always a funny one. Um, is, he, is he even still, has he finally escaped the grasps of De Deportivo Maldonado, or is he just on one of his many loans in Spain at the moment? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you the next question, and I will get back to you with the answer to that, so stay tuned. <laughs> Um, let's talk about those European links, Tom. Roma and Sevilla both seem to be linked. Jorge Sampaoli's Atletico Mineiro was also linked, which I think is very intriguing. Uh, but Bustos has an $18 million release clause, which I think would make any sort of South American move difficult. 
Uh, I think Tejeritas would probably have to be able to retain a big percentage of a future sell-on fee if he were to move to something like Sampaoli's Atletico Mineiro. You mentioned maybe the the concerns or at least the, the facts with, with a potential advising group, uh, a group of businessmen, etc. What do you kind of make out for the, the next, the path forward from here for, for Bustos? Obviously things being complicated on, on when football will actually come back. But is, is a Roma Sevilla type club, is that too big? Is that the right size? Is it perhaps too small? What do you kind of make of all of these links? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I definitely agree in, in so much as he's outgrown a move within South America. And I, I think that unless there was a, a big money move from uh, MLS club or something like that, I think his Europe seems like the obvious um, place to go. And I think it, even compared to some of the players that we profile and we kind of think, oh, okay, well, they they could do with six months more time in uh, playing football or, you know, 12, 12 months before making the move. I think he's ready. Um, he's someone who's at the sort of peak moment in his career. He's He's got a good amount of experience under his belt. He's he's proved it on a couple of occasions now that he's he's someone who can be relied upon um, to find the back of the net. And he's he's got a skill set that would see him fit into European football very easily. I like the Roma link um, because even though it's a huge club, it's not one that's necessarily right at the top challenging for, for titles. And, and obviously they, they're kind of aiming for a, sort of building around a, a core of younger players at the moment. So it, I think that would work quite, quite nicely. I think he fits that build of, um, of uh, young, exciting players that they can bring in hopefully do well and then obviously they'll they'll see look to get a profit from him there was talk of him as sort of Jekko's understudy but I don't think they're anything alike really he's not a like-for-like replacement if that's what Roma fans were thinking he's he's someone who I think would work very well alongside him um so that that's an interesting one I've seen Napoli being linked with him um who are kind of due a rebuild and I think the kind of environment which he would thrive in again just one of those clubs that are up there but but not right at the top and and I think he could he could do a a good job there um Milan or another side but I think that I I wouldn't like to see that for him I don't think that would be a great fit and the other one that I've seen which again seems to have a lot of traction around it is Valencia um they've been mentioned very heavily obviously Monchi at Sevilla really likes him as well but Valencia seemed like if he was going to go to a Spanish club, they would be in pole position. There's the potential for Gamero and Rodrigo to be on their way out. So Bustos would, would kind of fit the bill as a as a young replacement who could um, have a big resale value. Someone who would partner well alongside Maxi Gomez, who we obviously mentioned a bit on the, on the previous pod as well. Um, and certainly someone like Rodrigo, he's obviously not at that level, but that kind of mobile forward who could play all across the front line. Um, I think he's kind of a, that'd be kind of a more like for like replacement if the, if Valencia do kind of cash in on, on Rodrigo. And, and as you said, that 18 million buyout clause would, would certainly prohibit quite a few clubs from, from entering the race to sign him. Um, I, I don't think he'll go for that much. I think, you know, certainly around 10, 10 or 12 would probably be enough primarily because he's at Tajeras. If he was at Boca or River, then yeah, you'd be having to be paid that full whack, I would imagine. And I think there was talk of a, of a bid of around 4 million uh, euros, which was rejected um, straight off the bat by Tajeras. So 
he's not short of admirers and I think that that kind of level of club would would work nicely for him. I don't think he needs to necessarily go to a stepping stone club lower down the leagues, but I think he could he could go in at a sort of certainly a Europa League looking to get it into those Champions League places. Um you know, one of those type of clubs really and um and yeah, he's he's kind of got that cold-blooded ice in his veins in front of the goal that I think put him around good players and and give him a good setup that maybe focuses more on on counter-attacking styles as well and and something where he can get in behind high defenses then then he would he would just eat that up all day long Tom that was a fantastic bit of information and the listeners are very much going to enjoy that because I am about to take this podcast and that train is about to go way off the tracks from all of the great that you've just done <laughs> Uh, I would like to inform you that, firstly, Jonathan Kajeri is still a Deportivo Maldonado player uh, on yes, loan yeah. at his current club, which is... Hang on, I'm having to go back on the Wikipedia Espanol. links. Espanol, indeed. Uh, on loan at Espanol from Deportivo Maldonado. But, Tom, I do have some Deportivo Maldonado news for you. They spent 2019 getting promoted in Uruguay and are now in the Uruguayan Primera División this year in 2020. Uh, not a Watch great out. start. Three played, one drawn. Uh, they got beat 4-1 by... Hang on, I'm looking this up. Uh, Rentistas, not great. Uh, 2-1 home loss. Well, to- Rentistas, top of the league after uh, a good start. Um, nice little youngster, Christian Oliveira, to, to watch there, who, who might be uh, on the spotlight pod one day, who knows. But um, yeah, Uruguayan Lee with Maldonado and, and Montevideo City. It's... Uh, Things are getting murky there. Yeah. I love to see it. <laughs> uh, also, a two-one home loss to Boston River, which you never like to see. Uh, but a nice one-one draw River. away at Anfield against Liverpool. So that's a good little bit of business for the <laughs> Portugal. Yeah, not many, not many teams uh, no. come out of Anfield with uh, with with points. So um, yeah, maybe maybe there is uh, hope for them yet. And yeah. uh, we're we're all looking for that Cagliari prodigal son returning home at at some point if they can just get themselves into the libertadores you never know so we'll leave that door open um that was a a fantastic tangent uh bustos the (laughs) national team tom what you kind of maybe expect from his argentina future uh he was a member of the the pre-olimpico team for argentina didn't feature a ton uh kind of more of a bit player than anything else uh but he's in the setup uh, I believe that team was also, there were a lot of exits on that team. A lot of players who were supposed to be called up and then didn't actually, weren't actually able to go because their clubs didn't release them. Um, I don't know what sort of role that may have played for Bustos. But what do you kind of expect from him with the national team and what can maybe we expect with that going forward? Mm, yeah, tricky uh, to say where he kind of fits in because he's he's not really been someone who's who's come through the the national team youth ranks. I think he was part of the initial under 20 squad um at the 2017 um Sudamericano or or under 20 World Cup but was didn't make the final final cut I mean when you've got someone like Lautaro Martinez ahead of you then I think that's fa- that's fair enough um I I think yeah as, as I said before he's for me right now he is probably the, one of the most exciting young pl- uh, strikers in Argentina still however I think he's still got a long way before he's even kind of making a dent in in the conversation for for the national team there's obviously plenty of great strikers ahead of him maybe once we see the likes of um Aguero and and Messi retire then then he'll start to 
maybe come into focus a little bit more. But at the moment, obviously, Lautaro is the one um, who's who the team's going to be built around going forward. You've got players like uh, Lucas Alario, uh, Adolfo Gaic as that kind of different type of striker and more of a, a physical presence up front. And I think Bustos is pr- is probably going to be someone who, providing he he does well in Europe, which I think, as, as we've discussed, is probably where his, his future lies in the near future if if he does well there then he'll he will start to become a, a consideration but I, I think he's one of these players that gets that deserved move you maybe go, goes a bit quiet for two or three years and then once he kind of found his feet proved that he's someone who can score regularly in Europe would start to get into the the national team question but um, I think we're a bit of a way off and let's see how he does after his next move before we we weigh up whether he's going to get in there i mean you've still even got the likes of paulo duella and who knows maybe there'll be a, an unlikely return for Icardi. so there's there's so much traffic ahead of him right now that he's he's probably not even looking at that i think if um if he could get into the under 23s and become more of a regular fixture there um when the olympics finally do um happen then, then that could be a way of boosting his profile within the national team setup. But right now, it's it's going to all be about the next uh, next move for him. And uh, and if if he continues like he's he's capable of doing, then then yeah, maybe a few years down the line, we'll be seeing him start to make it into the national team there. Tom, speaking of the Argentine national team, big news for a former Argentina right back. Uh, Jose Luis Gomez is back from injury. He has been given the medical all clear to resume. Well, it's not really training because we're still in the quarantine here in Argentina. But when the quarantine ends, he will be back in full training. So Jose Luis Gomez, just a couple of steps away from from getting back to football. I know that makes you happy. Just his luck that um, when he is actually fit for the first time in what feels like three or four years, he's uh, there's no football going on. So um, no doubt he'll probably uh, trip over um, on the on the first day of the season resuming and uh, and be out for another two years or something. Uh, final thing on Bustos, Tom, for you that I wanted to point out. He's got some great goal celebrations. He's a very good celebrator of his goals. Um, if, you, if you sit down and watch a montage, uh, he seemed to perfect the, the run after the ball after you've scored because your team is apparently still losing or you've just pulled each goal <laughs> and you want to... He did that really well. Some really good fist pumps. He had a great celebration at, at the, the Monumental in that, in that win over River. So whatever club he ends up moving to, they, they certainly have that to look forward to as well. Yeah, and he's a, he's a good-looking chap as well. A very kind of clean cut kind of figure and I think uh yeah certainly someone who in a kind of maybe not quite Michael Owen-esque early Michael Owen-esque way but um yeah I think he's someone who could uh certainly impress in 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 Italy and Spain and and who knows um I think I, I definitely like I like him a lot and admittedly he is the one thing I kind of maybe slightly worry about is is he a bit too much of a an out and out goal scorer and that's it that's my one main worry for him i think is is that he's i mean you're always going to need someone who can stick the ball in the back of the net but at the same time right you know modern football these days requires strikers to be a bit more rounded and and i certainly think that he can work on his link up play certainly with his 
he physically he's he's never going to be someone who's who's going to be brilliant with his back to goal and and he's he's not too much of an aerial threat either so there's there's room for him to to thrive um but um that that's probably my 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 only worry that he's that he's not at this point a little bit more well-rounded but i think put him in the right club um he's got the he's got the ceiling to to certainly explode and um and and do do really good things going forward all right that'll do it for this edition of the scouting spotlight podcast thanks as always to you listener for choosing us we'll be back soon thanks for listening and goodbye (laughs) 